Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is Season 3 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Episode Bad Girls. Um, that was all backwards. But um, if this is your first time tuning into this show for this podcast, for some reason, I review, recap, rehash, re all the things every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means because today is February 9th, 2019, it is 20 years after the legendary episode Bad Girls. So, um, we got to get into it. This is, I, I affectionately, I like to rename Buffy episodes after, um, as if they were Friends episodes, and this is the, the one where B finds the fun and someone dies. So, I have a lot to say about the imposed morality of Buffy the Vampire Slayer often, but especially through the lens of this particular episode. So, let's get into it. Um, first of all, let's get some business stuff out of the way. I might mention this both at the beginning and the end of this podcast episode because I have an announcement. Um, I have a Patreon that I've told you guys about a few times before. I don't mention it every time, but, um, and I also have a radio show. So, um, this announcement is for anyone that's ever wanted to listen to Mixtress Radio and haven't been able to do it because it's too prohibitive, or if you've listened to Mixtress Radio before, but you stopped because it's too prohibitive, because basically my internet radio station, Mixtress Radio, is, um, a radio show that's on, it's, you have to tune in at the time that it's on, you know, it's not like, it's not archive, you don't get to listen to it later, um, you have to be there every Friday night, or, you know, you have to be there on a Friday night from seven to 10 central standard time. And I love all, I love doing that radio show and I don't have any plans to stop, but here's the thing for a while now, I've had a Patreon page without any actual benefits <laughs> and my patrons have just been kind enough to give me money for no reward whatsoever, except you know, the fact that I continue doing the things that I do for free, which is my podcast and my radio show and my YouTube channel. But, um, I just finally figured out how to upload podcast episodes into the Patreon feed. So if you are one of my patrons, so here's my, here's my current plan. Um, there'll be other podcast, special podcast episodes as well, but for now, um, every weekend, the Friday's radio, Mixtress Radio broadcast will be edited together as one, basically all the voice intros of my radio show that it's played in between music. All of those will be edited together in one podcast episode and they'll be up um, for patrons only because my radio show is kind of, if you've never listened to it before, um, obviously there's music involved. I call myself the mixtress because I make a lot of mixes. And if you didn't know that before, um, it's not just me mispronouncing the word mistress. <laughs> it is mixtress because I like to make mixes and I consider myself a sorceress of mixes. Um, but sorry, I'm a little scattered today because it's the end of my day and I'm tired and it's, yeah. 
We'll get into that in a second. I'll do a little what's up with mixtures for you guys. But anyway, my radio show is, it's a lot more personal than this podcast is. And I know sometimes I get a little personal in this podcast as well, but, um, it's, yeah, it's a lot more personal. So one of the reasons that I do it as an internet radio show that you have to tune in at a certain time and place is because it allows me to get a little bit, a little bit deeper. It allows me to talk a little bit more about my life and talk about things that are like more sensitive subject wise, things that like, I'm more likely to talk about things that I'm still working out. Um, that aren't my final opinions on things, you know, like I like to talk things out on my radio show. And, um, so I like to keep it small. So having it as a patron only perk is a big deal for me because it means that I'm, I'm making it available for people to listen to whenever they want to download it, to listen to it multiple times. It's not going to be strictly for the time and place of the radio show anymore. It, it will also be that, but it will also, but it will, in addition to, my words are good today. They're real good. Strap in. So, um, they're also going to be available for patrons. So if you're interested at all in that, all you have to do to become one of my patrons and receive the perk of having the Mixtress Radio broadcast every week as a podcast episode, you just have to donate $1 a month minimum. That is it. Um, and I would love to have you as a patron. Um, and yeah, so the way to do that would be patreon.com slash Ray. And of course that link will be in the show notes as always. I also, I hardly ever call attention to it, but in the show notes of my podcast episodes, I always have, you know, of course the link to my website, the link to my Patreon, the link to my, um, so you can like send me PayPal tips and shit like that. But I also have options for tarot readings in there. And, um, just, I just wanted to call your attention to it. I'm getting a lot better at reading tarot cards. So if you're at all into that kind of thing, um, you know, send me a couple bucks and I will do a tarot reading. And my tarot readings are special because not only do I pick cards, um, and you'll see like the pricing, it's basically either a three, I think it's just three card spreads, but it's either with interpretation or without, but not only do I pick cards, actual tarot cards, but I also pick songs for you. So, um, because I'm the mixtress. So yeah. Anyway, if you're interested in that, um, I would love to start practicing doing readings on other people. I'm still very much a beginner. Um, so yeah, just send me a couple bucks and I'll do a tarot reading for you. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's my promotional shit. Again, if you'd like to become my patron, I would be so, so happy to have you. Patreon.com slash Ray. Okay, let's get into the episode. So, oh my god, I just realized I haven't done research mode. Um, I think I'm gonna skip it this time. Because I feel like I have a lot to say and I'm gonna... There's this thing... I, I kind of see Fiona Apple as kind of a Zen, um, a Zen master, someone to like pay attention to her philosophies on life. <laughs> um, and I don't totally, well, I don't totally agree with this. I'm using it right now as an excuse 
to not go into, to not look this episode up in my books. And it's, um, Fiona doesn't really, or she says she doesn't really listen to music. She does because she doesn't like to be influenced. She doesn't like to listen to current music because she doesn't want to be influenced by anyone else. She wants her sound to be entirely her own. Um, <laughs> and that is my excuse today for not looking this shit up in the books that, and my eyes are like really dry right now or something. I just put eye drops in, but they still hurt. So I don't feel like looking at things right now, guys. I just feel like talking to you. How about that? So, okay. Um, this episode, as you might expect, if you've been listening to my reviews on season three so far, is very emotional for me because we're talking about faith and we're talking about faith's um, turn to the dark side, I guess. But I have some, I really have some thoughts on this. I don't, I don't see this episode the way that the writers want you to see it. Um, I don't think she's, I don't think Faith is in the wrong in this episode. Um, seeing her as a fully fleshed out character and trying to imagine what she's gone through to be the person that she is at this point, seeing you know, I mean, we'll get there. There's so much to say. There's so much to say. So I know that if I go into research mode, I'll just have more things to say about the things that other people have to say. And it's, we're just going to be real. We're going to be real and raw, just like Faith tonight. And we're just going to talk. Okay. And I'd love to know your thoughts. Being that Faith is one of my very, very favorite characters. If she's one of your favorite characters, I'd love to hear your thoughts on her anytime. Um, and I will even read them on the podcast if you want. So, um, send me emails, man, go old school, send me a nice, well thought out email. I'm all over it. Or even it doesn't have to be well thought out. You can think it out as you're going. I'm a process queen. I love that shit. So just send me an email if you want mixtressradio at gmail. So, um, how are we going to get into this? You know what? Um, this is an especially emotional episode. And for me, it happens to be Saturday night. It's like 11 o'clock. So let's take a shot of whiskey. How about that? Sorry. I don't know if you could hear that, but I was trying to like, <laughs> I recorded myself pouring it. So I hope you could hear it. <laughs> I have my good microphone, so hopefully you can. Okay, here we go. Here's to Faith. Clink. Okay. Sorry if you're one of those people that's like grossed out by eating and drinking sounds. I personal, personally am not. I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm an ASMR queen. <laughs> I love those types of sounds. Not if they're put on though. Like, those ASMR videos where they're like, it's somebody just like eating. I mean, it's fine. It's fine if you like that. But for me personally, like someone eating with their mouth open intentionally, like right next to a microphone, it's just a little too put on for me. Again, no shade. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. If you're into that, go for it. I personally, oh my God. I'm just going to let myself go in whatever fucking weird direction I go in tonight. It's just happening. Okay. 
I am at PMS DEFCON 1, DEFCON 10, whatever. I don't know how those words work, but basically I'm, okay, y'all people that have periods will know what I'm talking about. I have PMDD, I think, totally self-diagnosed, but, and basically what it is, is it stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and basically it's just PMS extreme. And this particular time though, like I always have like terrible PMS for like seven to 10 days before I start my period. But this particular time I was fine, totally fine. And today was the day I was supposed to start my period. Haven't actually started it yet, but today's the day that it's like concentrated. Like normally I'd be, you know, pretty raging PMS for seven to 10 days, but now it's like all those seven to 10 days that I would normally have PMS are concentrated into one day. And that's, that's, that's where I'm coming from right now, you guys. So I will really try not to yell at you, but it's like PMS plus me having to deal with this very emotionally upsetting episode of Buffy. And I have a lot to say, and yet I want to go on tangents about ASMR. Okay, so what I was going to say about YouTube, I am so proud of it, you know, like obviously it's become very commercialized and blah 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 like everything does, but it's really still such a cool concept that anyone can make any type of super specific ass shit and put it out there in the world. I mean, I'm doing it right now with this podcast and I do it with my YouTube channel, which is largely ASMR. And, you know, I love that. I love that whatever fucking weirdo content you want to see, you can look it up and there it is. And even, even just like my mom the other day was asking me, how do you put on fake eyelashes? I've only done it like four times in my entire life. I am by no means good at it. So I was just like, um, look it up on YouTube. You can find out how to do anything on YouTube. It's true. Um, anyway, I love ASMR, by the way. I watch ASMR videos just like constantly. And by watch, I mean, listen, like almost every lunch break, I like, because I'm stressed because I'm at work, I just sort of, I sit there, I put my headphones on, I put on an ASMR video and then I just lock my screen and listen to it. You know, I don't, I don't have to look at it. Um, ASMR is sound based for me. It's not that visual. Anyway, okay, are we going to talk about this episode ever, Mixtress? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you guys. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing great. Um, it's February. This is sort of a... It's sort of on the cusp of a bad time of year for me. Um, February is okay, usually, um, but... Once we get closer to spring, the transition from winter into spring is kind of my least favorite time of the year because I, I don't sleep very well in warmer weather and I, I just get so in the cold weather of winter, I get so used to how blissfully I sleep when it's cold that like the transition into my normal 
you know, like nine months out of the year, I don't sleep extremely well because I'm too hot. I just run very hot when I sleep. So it's like, unless it's like 30 degrees outside, I am too hot when I'm sleeping. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm heading into that time of year in which I'm going to be, it's just my particular time of year that I have a pr pr propensity for being depressed. So anyway, you guys don't care. <laughs> my mom always says, don't say they don't care. They wouldn't be listening if they if they didn't care. Okay, let's talk about this fucking episode, okay? How about that? The one where B finds the fun and someone dies. Okay. The episode starts with synchronized slaying. So Faith and Buffy are, you know, slaying vampires together. They're doing great. They're working great together. It's awesome. Faith is wearing leopard pants and like a dark denim, like probably really super dark vintage wash or it might just be black denim jacket and again leopard pants just gonna tell you right now that's the outfit of the episode okay it just is um let's see my next note is mr trick takes weapons so he took away the two swords that one of the vampires had or something when they weren't looking they didn't even see him he just sort of like swept in there like a fox and stole the stole the swords and ran off and he took them to the mayor so this is the first time we're seeing the mayor in a while and so far i mean the mayor's the big bad of season three and we're over halfway into the season at this point and we haven't really seen him that many times we've seen him pop up in conversations here and there but he really we don't know what the fuck he's doing we don't know why he's evil we just know that he is because he employs vampires and he tried to get Buffy killed that one time when he hired the, wasn't he the one that hired, hired the order of Taraka or was that a different Slayer Fest 98? That was Mr. Trick. I don't know, whatever. He, he wants the Slayer dead, even if he hasn't done anything to actively try to get her killed so far. I can't remember. And so we know he's bad, but we don't really know what's going on. This is the first episode where we get a little bit of, oh, there's something big going on with the mayor, isn't there? And um, so Mr. Trick is, you know, hanging out with the mayor, and we are reminded of Alan, his, like, deputy mayor. Is it dep deputy mayor? I don't, whatever. He's, like, right-hand man to the mayor, and super sweet little guy, um, and you can tell he's very disturbed, just in general. You can tell he's not saying anything even, but you can tell that um, this guy's an excellent, excellent actor because you can tell that he's just like having second thoughts and he doesn't really want to do this anymore and this really isn't him and maybe he's not evil, and, you know, all that. Um, let's see. <laughs> and he says he likes to read Kathy because they're talking about different comic strips they like in the paper. <laughs> and he just says, I like to read Kathy. <laughs> Cute. Um, on what I like to call the, my sister podcast, they don't know I exist, but Buffering the Vampire Slayer, they were, they actually had an interview with the guy that plays Alan and he, God, he seems like such a cool guy. Um, he just seems super sweet. He's got all kinds of projects going and, um, yeah, anyway, I don't know why I mentioned that, but it, it was a fun little interview. If you guys, um, want to check that out, I assume you guys are listening to both their podcast and mine, right? <laughs> 
Um, and you like mine because it's super indie in comparison to theirs, right? <laughs> anyway, um, this is the first time the mayor mentions Ascension. He's like something, he says something about a hundred day plan or this, this will commence a hundred days or something like that. And he says the word Ascension. This is the first time he said it. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Um, there's a scene at the school where everybody's talking about like their futures and shit and Willow has a bunch of schools that are kind of like she calls it she says that they're wooing her or something I don't I don't know what that fucking process is I never had a college want me to go there <laughs> I applied to one college and it was the one that was in my hometown and they accept everyone okay did you know okay you guys totally know but I didn't know since I only applied to one college in the town that I live in. I think there might have been a $25 application fee, but I knew for a fact that I was going to get in. Did you know that a bunch of colleges have like 50 and 100 and maybe even more application fees just to apply to their college? You have to pay that money? That's awful. That's so prohibitive. I mean, God, our society is dumb. It's just like discriminating against everything that isn't rich, white, cisgender, hetero dudes. It's just like, come on. Okay. I'm having a hard time focusing. Okay. All right. So you guys are having to hear, I'm sorry about it. You guys are having to hear like, me in the middle of a time in which I really am speechless. If this wasn't the, the podcast, if my podcast wasn't set up to do this the way that I do, which is, you know, every episode of Buffy 20 years after its original air date is still technically February 9th. Although I don't know exactly what time it is, but it will probably become midnight at some point while I'm still recording this. But anyway, you guys are having to hear like, if I had had a choice, I would have not recorded tonight. <laughs> but hey, that's how this goes sometimes. Um, I don't even have a ton of notes for this episode because I know I'm just going to go off on a big rant about morality at some point. So let's just get through the notes so we can get to the rant. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So Willow's talking about how a bunch of schools want her to go there. Um, Oz has black hair. This is the only scene with Oz in it. This is the only scene with Cordelia in it. This is the only scene. No, there's another scene with Xander. Yeah. Um, Cordelia comes up for a second just to taunt Xander. And then she runs away. Xander says the words hooker wear to Cordelia. Okay. Just wanted to let you let that sink in for a second. Um, then we get the quote of the episode because there's not like a lot of really quotable moments in this episode, but, um, Willow says, um, she's talking to Buffy about a chemistry test and she's going to help her study for the chemistry test. And she says, chemistry is easy. It's a lot like witchcraft, witchcraft, only less newt. <laughs> so that's the quote of the episode. I really like Will Willow's sweater in this scene too, because it's, I don't know. It's like a deep olive green and red and white. It's kind of a Christmassy looking sweater, but it's not strictly Christmas. And it's got like a mixture of different patterns going on. Like I can't remember exactly what it is to describe it to you perfectly, but you know, you can easily watch the episode if you want. 
And you can see Willow's awesome little Christmas, but not Christmas sweater. Um, I like it. Um, then uh, Buffy goes to the library, and this is where we meet Wesley. So Wesley's the new watcher that was assigned to Buffy since Giles has been fired two episodes ago and helpless. And um, she's just immediately snarky towards him and sort of disrespectful and kind of insolent as, um, as, you know, British dudes would call Buffy. And I also noted the library is all put back together. So in the very last episode, you guys will remember two weeks ago from today, the very last episode was the Zeppo in which the Hellmouth opened and the entire library. In fact, yeah, the entire library was completely destroyed. In the episode, like two episodes before that, the library was completely destroyed and all of Giles' books were taken away because of like the whole like Salem witch trial bullshit. Moo. Um, so that kind of stuff just sort of pisses me off. Like they could have at least like the first couple of scenes shown Giles like putting the library back together. Like, maybe had a contractor in there helping rebuild things. They could have had anything. You know, anything. But no. Anyway, that's just me being nitpicky. Um, the first thing Buffy says is, New Watcher, is he evil? Um, I want to say, I just need to point this out. The, um, the, the big bad in this episode is Balthazar. He's this demon that has all these lackeys that wear these suits they kind of look like a some sort of religious order of some kind and he is this very large person very large vampire that hangs out in a vat of liquid and his minions have to like ladle the liquid onto his skin so that it stays moist all the time and I really think that this whole thing is just kind of insensitive. Um, it's one of the things that I'm not particularly attuned to, but it needs to be pointed out that, and I don't know a lot, I don't know a lot about, I don't have, I, I guess I just don't have the, the perspective to know a lot about how to talk about this correctly is what I'm saying. Um, if I could compose those sentences in a way that made sense, hopefully you guys got, got there. But I think it's really fat shamey. I think the way that they're portraying this character, he's a demon and you're supposed to hate him and be disgusted by him. And one of the ways that they just, they made it a shorthand, basically making him really, really large and having to be ladled and moistened. <laughs> Everybody hates the word moisten, right? Um, is a shorthand for hating this guy. You're just supposed to hate this guy. You're supposed to unquestioningly know that he is evil and bad and terrible and disgusting. And the way that they just chose to portray that was by making him really big. And I mean, he's a demon and this is like a, a literal gross exaggeration of a human being. 
because he's not even a human being. But I still think this is a form of fat shaming. What do you guys think? Let me know. I think so. And I think it's kind of shitty and it's also just really upsetting. So there's that. Um, let's see. Faith walks in and she's like, new watcher, screw that. And she just turns around and walks off and Buffy goes after her. And Buffy says, well, what else can we do? And this is where Faith drops some wisdom that I really kind of agree with. So Buffy says, what can we do? What else can we do? And Faith says, whatever we want. We're slayers, girlfriend. The chosen too. That's important, I think. And that's where I get into the whole, the morality thing. So this show really, really crams morality down your throat, but it's their imposed morality. And everything in this show is about consequences, but it's about consequences for Buffy, not necessarily consequences for Xander, not necessarily consequences for Giles, definitely consequences for Willow. This show is about consequences for women. Like it's supposed to be a feminist show, but you really don't have to deal with the consequences of your ill-advised actions unless you are a woman in this show. If you're Giles, if you're Xander, if you're other male characters, even Angel, like he's supposed to be all about like atonement and redemption and blah, blah, blah. But he gets constantly forgiven for all the really horrific things that he does. But yeah, this is a very, I mean, it's supposed to be a feminist show, but it really, really has a, a lot of patriarchy in it, you know, and some of it is meant to make you think about that, but a lot of it is unintentional. Um, and I've bitched about it before and I will bitch about it many, many, many more times. But the fact that watchers are hired and they are paid and they are usually men that tell the slayers, women, what to do, but the slayers don't get paid for what they do. Theirs is a divine calling. They're supposed to just be driven to do it. They're not supposed to even want compensation for it. Bullshit. Bullshit. As Giles said a couple episodes ago, you're waging the war. She's fighting it. There's a difference. So this makes sense in my brain that Faith would say, we do whatever we want. We're slayers, the chosen too. Now I can, you know, understand from a standpoint of like, you know, don't be completely off the rails, you know, doing whatever you want all the time. But if you are the only two humans in the entire universe that have been divinely chosen with these superpowers to save the world from demons and vampires and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that automatically warrants you a little bit of slack. That should warrant some serious ass respect. And this show doesn't seem to think that Buffy deserves a tremendous amount of respect. You know, she's supposed to just be this cute little girly girl that, you know, gets shit done. I mean, she's definitely smart, but 
And we do respect her as an authority figure more and more throughout the series until the very end where she's just super authority figure. So much so that people need to rebel against her in season seven. But I just, I don't disagree with anything that Faith says and does or does in this episode, really. You know, like on the one hand, she does go a little too far with the jumping into things without thinking but she's a teenage girl with superpowers. You know, it's something that she could get through. If people trusted her, if people let her in on things, if she was a part of this group, if somebody let her have a fucking place to stay other than some shitty ass motel she has to scrounge up $18 a day for when she's not getting paid for saving the world. And she's just supposed to be moral without question when you know like even if you haven't read go ask malice the novel that is like the beginnings of faith as a human and talks about her whole backstory and you know what her life was like when she was called as a slayer and what she went through with her first watcher and you know just all that stuff all that backstory even if you don't know all that backstory you can still tell that faith has been through some shit you know, she's staying in the seedy-ass motel. She has to wash all her own clothes in the sink. You know, um, people don't tell her what the fuck's going on half the time. You know, she's not even in very many of these episodes, which means they don't let her in on anything. And, you know, but she's there. She's there and she inserts herself into things and she tries to be involved and she's still fighting the good fight and not getting paid for it again, like I said. You know, she's got to create, in order to survive, she has to create some sort of mythology surrounding herself. She was given superpowers. Like the only comfort that she has is that she was given superpowers. You know, she's been through a lot of abuse. Like even if you don't you know, have any backstory on Faith. If you're just watching the series and that's all you have, you can tell that she's been through some shit. That she's, at the very least, grown up poor and been slapped around by her dad a couple of times. At the very least. And you know it's probably way worse than that. So, see, knowing all the things that she's gone through, and she also happens to have been called as a slayer, it makes complete sense. Every action that she takes and every view that she has makes complete sense. And what she needs is a strong support system. She could have that in Buffy. But Buffy, we're supposed to see her as being a strong support system. We're supposed to see her as someone that's reaching out to Faith. And Faith's just not connecting. And Faith just won't open up. But Buffy isn't trying very hard. Okay, we'll get there. I'm not, we're not even there yet. <laughs> So she says, whatever we want, we're Slayer's girlfriend, the Chosen Two. Um, and, and then I wrote, velvet animal print pants. So she, like, these are different pants than the leopard pants that she had on the night before, by the way. These are, they might not even be, like, it's hard to see because the lighting's so dark and buffy. They might not even be leopard, or they might not even be animal print pants. It might just be, like, an abstract pattern that kind of reads as an animal print but I'm pretty sure it's velvet. Yeah. Faith's pant game in this episode. On point. Do people still say that? I don't know, but I'm saying it. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so they're slaying later that night. They drop into a manhole. Um, Faith essentially taunts Buffy and says, well, I'm going in there. I don't know how many people are there. And if I go by myself, I might die. <laughs> and so she just like, you know, lures Buffy in there. And Buffy gets, one of the guys like tries to drown her, but she like, you know, jumps up and she says, I hate it when they drown me. And it's like a resurrection. It's, it's again, like at the end of Prophecy Girl, the end of season one, when she literally does get drowned. And when she wakes up afterwards, she has all this renewed power and confidence in herself after coming up from the water. And this happens again in this scene. And she is immediately, you know, less joyless like she normally is. And she starts hanging out. This is when she starts hanging out with Faith more. She skips her chemistry test. She goes and slays a bunch of vampires because Faith found a nest. And she they go together and they kill a bunch of vampires. And then they go out dancing. And this entire course of events, I've got to say... I don't think she was doing, okay, like if this was her life every single day, yes, intervention time for Buffy, I guess. But first of all, why is Faith not in school? Like they don't even ever talk about that at all. Like are we supposed to think she's already graduated or she dropped out? Like, do they ever mention it? She doesn't ever, there's like never any talk. Oh, she does say that. Like when we first meet her. She says, man, if I had had friends like you guys in school, I might not have dropped. I probably still would have dropped out, but I might have been sad about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she did drop out. But anyway, so if this was Buffy's life every day, skipping tests, going out dancing, I could see that being a problem. But the fact that she does this once, she skips class to go slay vampires with Faith. Like she's saving lives right now. I mean, she's killing vampires. That's her job. And yeah, she skipped a test. That sucks. But I mean, I guess I am coming from a place of I was kind of a bad kid. You know, um, school was not that engaging to me. It it wasn't a great environment where I grew up um, academically. Like we really weren't being taught anything. It was just sort of like, I remember history class just sort of being the same thing every single year. And they weren't really telling us anything. Like, I didn't really learn anything about history until I went to college. Because all they told us in high school was, you know, like, I don't, it was just such a skewed view of white boy war history. All it was was memorizing facts about wars and shit. And it just wasn't interesting at all. And I just remember that sort of being the general vibe of high school you know every anything that you were being taught in high school it was that it was just anyway so I skipped a lot of classes I literally skipped school once or twice a week the last few years of high school the entire day I was never like I never really skipped classes I just skipped whole days <laughs> And I don't know. So I guess I'm coming from a biased viewpoint of being like, you know, I had like a 2.5 GPA or some shit in high school. I was a terrible student and I didn't care about school at all. So I can totally understand Faith's viewpoint. You know, I was much more like Faith than I was like Buffy. But I, I still don't see this as a problem. You know, I think 
I think this should have been the beginning of Faith and Buffy influencing each other and becoming friends as Slayers. I think they could have gotten through this. I think the way that this goes down is awful. You know, and because this episode is trying to tell you that if you forget for one moment that your life is joyless drudgery, that you are a slayer, you're supposed to fight evil, and you're supposed to feel really conflicted about everything all the time. And if you forget that for one moment, if you have some fun for one moment, I mean, it's basically angel shit. You know, like Buffy, she was not given the, you know, Romani curse where she can't have a moment of happiness, but every time she has a moment of happiness, the hammer is slammed down. And it's not okay. It's not okay for Buffy to be happy. It's not okay for Angel to be happy. They are heroes. And he heroes are not happy. They are sad. And I think that's shit. Because this could have been the beginning of a beautiful relationship. You know, because Buffy would have been a great influence on Faith. And Faith would have encouraged Buffy to lighten up a little bit. Together, they could have been the perfect slayer. And they could have really helped each other out. They could have fought so much more evil when they were working together. And it's just a shame how this all goes down. Anyway, <laughs> move on to page two of my notes. Um, the next day after Buffy has her little awakening moment after almost getting drowned and she's obviously, you know, in a more joyful place and she's willing to let some of Faith's ideas in. She's wearing leather the next day. Also have to point out Giles Minty Cup sighting. I always have to point out when Giles is using his Minty Cup. He's using it in this episode. Um, at one point, um, Wesley says to Giles, you're not helping. And Giles says, no, I feel just sick about it. So both Giles and Buffy are being just super, super 100% snarky to Wesley this entire time, which is fine and it's funny. Okay. Um, Buffy's talking to Xander and Willow in the beginning of chemistry class. So I, I kind of jumped ahead of myself at this point in my notes. This is the beginning of chemistry, chemistry class and Xander's eye is twitching every time Buffy says Faith's name. And then when they start their tests, their chemistry tests, that's when Faith shows up at the window and that iconic moment where she like, you know, to, like exhales on the window to fog it up and then she draws a heart and a little like arrow through it and then she's like, come on Buffy, let's go. And she just lures Buffy out of class. She just climbs through the window. I don't know. I just love this. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't have all the, you know, like I'm gray sexual. Which basically means I don't have like, I don't have much sexuality at all, you guys. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm romantic. I'm very partner based. You know, I've, I've been with the same person for how long? 13 years almost. And I'm very much like, you know, I'm kind of a homebody that hangs out with my Michael all the time. But, um, yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> I don't have what I'm saying with that backstory of being gray sexual. I don't really have all of the like, I'm totally fine and I'm totally cool with everybody really loving the whole Faith and Buffy, like thinking about them together and all that stuff. And, and the fact that Faith keeps calling Buffy girlfriend in this episode and, you know, she's really affectionate with her and, and, you know, but I just see it as a friendship because I see everything as a friendship. And, um, it's not because I want to invalidate anyone's like, you know, anyone's fanfic about Buffy Faith. I don't want to invalidate any of that. Have all of that that you want. Just for me personally, I just think it's just a sweet, it's just a sweet budding friendship. And I love the idea of like one of your Slayer friends breaking you out of class and you going to like slay vampires together. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this, but we're supposed to see something wrong with it. That's the point. Um, so they go slay together because, um, Faith found a nest and, um, then they're dancing together. Chinese burn is playing, which is from the band curve, um, which is kind of Faith's theme song. I feel like this was the song that was playing when we first see Faith, but I could be wrong. So I don't know if they're literally hearkening back to the same song or if this is the first time it's played. But this is a song I think of when I think of Faith. Chinese Burn by Curve. Great song. Um, you can hear it in my Radio Sunnydale, pl Sunnydale playlist. The link is in the show notes every single podcast episode. Um, yeah. Then they're dancing. Angel shows up to tell Buffy about this amulet situation, Balthazar, whatever, who cares about like the evil plot. I'm just talking about Faith and Buffy in this episode and that's it. And then, um, Buffy just sort of like comes up and she's happy to see Angel and she just like jumps up and wraps her legs around him and hugs him. And she's just being more joyful than she ever is. She's being less serious and he hates it. He doesn't like to see Buffy having any joy whatsoever or He's just jealous because she's having a good time and he can't ever, ever have a good time. And he is a sour little baby. And if he can't have, can't have a good time, then neither can she. Yeah, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Okay. <laughs> and then, okay. My next note is want, take, have. So faith like this is where it crosses the line a little bit. Although I can see this also being permissible. So she kind of lures Buffy into the sporting goods store because they need to, they basically need to have more weapons so that they can go fight Balthazar and all of his minions. And so there happens to be like a sporting goods store across the street. So she like breaks in and takes Buffy in there and they take some weapons and you know, we're supposed to see this as terrible because they're breaking and entering and stealing. But how many times have we watched some sort of some male superhero break in somewhere to steal weapons and we're supposed to understand because he's fighting evil. So he's doing what he has to do to fight evil. We're not supposed to see that as bad, but we're supposed to see this as bad. This is bad girls. That's why this episode is called bad girls because everything that Faith does and everything that Faith lures Buffy into doing is bad girl behavior. So my next note is 
Why do they have to follow the stay-in-your-place patriarchal society rules when they're slayers? Like, because the cops find them as they're stealing things, and then they were arrested and put in the back of a cop car, and at that point, they sort of, like, kick out the little window screen, cause a wreck, and they escape. And, you know, I mean, like, we're getting into some shit here, obviously. Like, they sort of assaulted cops, they stole things, Buffy has skipped class, like, you know, some things have happened, they're escalating, we're showing Buffy getting very influenced by Faith's behavior, um, when it really shouldn't be like this. It should be more of a give and take, because, you know, every time we see Buffy reacting to Faith, she's either like, little miss moral superiority or in this episode she's sort of like just doing whatever faith wants i mean neither of these things make sense you know buffy always maintains her personality in front of others she's not she's not mutable you know um so there's it shouldn't be that black and white but that's the way they wanted to tell the story so it was so, okay. Next, why did Mr. Trick have to hide in the closet? Okay, this is another little moment. Like, I feel like we have some patriarchy going on in this episode. We've got some fat shaming going on this episode. And we also have racism. So there's this moment where we see the, we see the mayor again. He's getting his picture taken with a bunch of Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts leave his office after the picture is taken. And... Alan's there, his deputy mayor, mayor is with him, and he, after the Boy Scouts leave, he lets Mr. Trick out of a closet. Like, why did he have to hide in the closet? The Boy Scouts didn't have to know that Mr. Trick is a vampire, he just could not put his vamp face on. He could be introduced as an associate of the mayor's. He's wearing a suit. Like, why... Can he not be introduced as someone working for the mayor or working with the mayor or another politician? Why does he have to hide in a closet and pretend not to exist? I feel like that's racism. I feel like it is. There's no reason to hide him in the closet. There's no way that those Boy Scouts could have known that he was a vampire. They could have had some story for him being there equal to whatever story was allowing Alan, the white guy deputy mayor, to be in the room. You know what I'm saying? I think that might be racism. Is this racist? If you have to ask, probably yes. Okay, um, Giles and Wesley get kidnapped by the Balthazar dudes, minion dudes, and it's funny because Wesley's like super scared. Earlier in the episode, he said something about how he's faced two vampires under controlled circumstances, of course. And Giles says, well, you won't find any of that here. Vampires? Controlled circumstances. So it's it. Wesley is pretty funny. He's very slapsticky, kind of bumbling. Um, we'll get some good moments with Wesley. And he actually turns out to be a pretty great character. Whenever we start doing our angel, our little mini angel watch, we're just going to pay attention to kind of Cordelia. We might also pay attention to Wesley because Wesley is a big part of the angel series and he actually just becomes a really cool guy. Other side note, 
Allison Hannigan, who plays Willow, and Alexis Denisoff, who plays Wesley. This is his first episode on the show, and this was the moment when they met, and they are now married and have kids. So they've been together a long time, and they met when he first joined the show. So 20 years ago today, well, not today, I mean, they were filming it before today, but almost exactly 20 years ago today was when they first met. So that's kind of cute, kind of cute little backstory right there. Willow and Wesley forever. <laughs> um, let's see. Giles and Wesley get kidnapped. Okay, this is where Faith kills Alan. Um, or that's my next note anyway. So um, they're kind of like... Buffy and Faith are sort of like running down alleyways and they're killing all these different minions of Balthazar. Because they've escaped the cops and they went back. And they're sort of coming at them one-on-one. -on -one and they're going through these corridors and around corners. And then Alan shows up and you know, they never really reveal what the, any of Alan's backstory, but it looks like he was going to them. It looks like he was trying to come to tell them something. Um, cause he tries to speak, but he can't. Um, but basically, you know, they're coming at them one by one and they just keep killing them. Um, these Balthazar minion guys and Faith accidentally stakes Alan. It's a total accident. There was nothing that could have been done. It was an accident. He died quickly. The way that this show deals with human deaths again is it's a lot of really heavy handed strict morality bullshit. I really think that if you're a slayer, you, you kill evil for a living. Sometimes, I mean, I think you should definitely try not to kill a human, but I feel like it's going to happen every once in a while. And later we kind of get this perspective from Giles to a certain extent. Like, it has happened. Slayers have accidentally killed humans before. And it's something that you kind of have to deal with on a case by case basis. And, you know, there might need to be therapy involved. I don't know if Giles says that part, but you know, basically he says you have to deal with it as the, as the situation calls for it, which makes sense. Like, obviously, if, if Faith had meant to do this, it would be one thing. But the way that they tell this story is that the second Faith kills a human, she has turned. She didn't do it on purpose. Um, but what I think happens here is she accidentally kills a human and everybody is not there for her. They just basically yell at her. You need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. You're not dealing with this. You need to deal with this. You killed someone. You killed someone. And it's not the way to come at her at all. They come at her in the completely the wrong way. And that's why she goes to the dark side. It's not because she killed someone, but we're supposed to think they're trying so hard to reach out to her and she's just shutting herself off. No. I know I will. I've already said that. 
this just frustrates me so much. The mishandling of Faith as a character. It's just... I... I, <laughs> I know, it's all I talk about now is, where's Faith? Why are they so mean to Faith? But it just really disturbs me. You know, I thought... In the past, I have thought of season three as my favorite season, but as I'm watching it again, the, the way that they're mishandling one of my very favorite characters is just making me so cranky that I'm not sure. I mean, we'll see as we go. Season three isn't over, but as of right now, I don't think season three is going to be my favorite season anymore. You know, there's just been a lot of the Buffy Angel drama in this season is worse than it was in season two because at least in season two it was real drama because Angel was definitively evil and the reactions to it were really interesting and artistic and genuinely angsty but in this season it's just like oh why is Angel even here he's overstayed his welcome I'm sick of him and Faith is a great character, but you hardly ever see her. And when you do, we're supposed to think that she's shut down and immoral. And, you know, the things that they want me to think about her are not the things that I think about her. And it's just pissing me off. And in the past, I thought season three was my favorite season because I love Faith so much and she's in the season. But anyway, so Faith kills Alan um, and at some point that, um, shortly after this angel or angel Buffy and faith get separated and faith runs into angel and angels like, I've got the amulet. Like we need to go Giles. Balthazar has Giles. We need to go save him. So she goes to save him and faith's just gone. And we get this scene so heartbreaking after Buffy and Faith get separated, Faith goes back to Alan's body and she's just sort of, she's reckoning with what she's done. And she's just sort of looking at him and you, and she's so upset and she sort of reaches out to him and she's very vulnerable and you've really never seen Faith this way. And that's the last we see of her at this point like the rest of the episode carries out and we don't see her again until the following morning. But that's, that's it. Her just reckoning with what she's done. And Bobby just basically abandoned her. Like she doesn't even really worry about faith until the next day. She just kind of like somehow they get separated and she just doesn't even think about her again until the next day, which is really shitty. Like Buffy should have immediately, as soon as she saved Giles, she should have gone to faith immediately not the next fucking morning she should have gone to her immediately she should she should have at least been worried about her like she might have not been okay she could have gotten killed but she doesn't even think about her anyway so Buffy goes and saves Giles and Wesley um there's some fighting there's lots of fighting in this episode lots of fight choreography um it's pretty good for the most part because you get to see a lot of Faith and Buffy fighting together, which is great. Those moments are great. Um, let's see. Right before she kills Balthazar, he says, when he rises, you'll wish I killed you all. So 
there's there's lots of little sprinkles in this episode of oh maybe the mayor is the big bad like I, I don't think we even know for sure that that's the case until this episode um then after that after balthazar gets killed we see a little scene of the mayor he's doing a ritual he's sitting he's like kneeling in the middle of a pentagram executing excellent latin by the way i mean i don't know what latin's supposed to sound like but it sounds like he's doing it right <laughs> um and then after this ritual he um he pulls a little notepad out of his jacket pocket and checks off he's got a little to-do list and next to meeting with the pta and haircut there's an item called become invincible <laughs> and he checks it off <laughs> So perfect. Oh my god, the mayor. So perfect. Checks off Become Invincible. He's got a to-do list that includes Become Invincible on it. I mean, just let that sink in. And then afterwards he says, gosh, I'm feeling chipper. Who's for a root beer? <laughs> um, and then the very last scene of the episode. I mean, that's, that's where we are already. Already. Buffy goes to visit Faith the next morning. Faith is in her little hotel bathroom. She's furiously scrubbing what we can only assume is blood out of her tank top from the night before. And, um, and I think this is really powerful. You know, going into Faith's world and looking around, this is really powerful. And the show doesn't... I mean, the prop people are letting us know some some things about faith but the writers aren't you know every time we go into faith's world we see like the chipping paint on the walls um she's got like this like punching bag type thing that she made herself out of like probably she dismantled a couch that was on the side of the road or something and it's like just a bunch of padding and duct tape you see that she is, I mean, maybe she's washing blood out of her clothes or maybe she's just doing her laundry. You know, she's scrubbing something in her sink and then she pulls the plug out and she, you know, brings it out and she pulls a drawer out so she can drape her clothing over a drawer. And it's all, you know, very practiced actions. Like she's done this a million times. She doesn't even have enough money to go to the fucking laundromat, you know, she has nothing and no one's worried about her. There's only two slayers in the entire world and they can't fucking find a decent place for her to stay. You know, knowing the trajectory of faith, and if you're listening for the first time, um, this is not a spoiler-free podcast at all, ever. Knowing faith's trajectory, you know, she's about to really turn and become menacing. She's going to start working for the mayor. She's just going to become kind of, kind of a relentless, remorseless killer. She's going to end up going to prison for a while. You know, like there's a lot of shit. There's a dark path that she's about to walk down. But one of the things that's happening, that's going to happen to her pretty recently is when she establishes her relationship with the mayor like basically she's working for him but he cares about her he genuinely cares about her and he becomes 
someone that's interested in her happiness. He gets her a place to stay that's actually a nice place. And she has like a PlayStation and just like a cool loft apartment. He gets her like a knife, you know? <laughs> he gives a shit about her and takes an interest in her. And it's not in a creepy way. And, you know, coming from where she comes from, you know, obviously a background of abuse, even if, even though, you know, the show never tells us that, you can infer that pretty easily. She's very shut down emotionally. And she's around all these, like, goody two-shoes, hoity-toity types like Buffy that think that morality is very black and white. I mean, Buffy likes to think that her morality is not black and white, but it's really painted that way a lot, especially in reaction to faith. And just knowing all that, it's just heartbreaking to watch her. It's just heartbreaking to watch the world that she lives in and the world that she does not complain about. You know, she doesn't ever say to people like, why don't you pay attention to me? Why don't you include me? You know, she's just trying as hard as she can to be in this world. I mean, she went to Sunnydale because she knew that there was another Slayer that lived there. She obviously, you know, that right there for someone like Faith is a, is, is reaching out, is a cry for help, is trying to be involved, is trying to make friends. You know, for her, that is a big step and no one is taking her up on that. Not even Giles. And Giles is usually a very empathetic, understanding person that sees nuance in situations and can read people's emotions. And the fact that he never, ever seems to care or want to maintain any relationship with faith is... It's so heartbreaking and it's like one of the only times that I've ever felt shitty feelings towards Giles. You know, like, obviously these are characters. It's just a TV show, as my mom would say. But, um, I just think that no one is handling faith with any kind of delicacy. And we're about to see how how bad that gets when somebody just actively does not give a shit about another human being that's on a terrible path, that's been through a lot of shit. If no one connects to that person, how bad it can get. I mean, we're about to see Faith do some awful shit and it hasn't happened yet. She hasn't done anything awful yet. She's just done some questionable things like breaking into places and, you know, getting Buffy to skip school. You know, she hasn't done anything bad yet, really, in my opinion, but we're about to see that. In fact, in the next episode, I think we're going to see, we're going to see some bad shit. I think it's an, I don't know if it's the next episode or not, but I think it's the next episode that we see her try to kill Xander. And, you know, and again, a bunch of cries for help that like, the Scooby gang, none of them are going to deal with it correctly. Buffy's just going to yell at Faith a lot. Um, yeah, anyway. There's going to be that moment where, like, Angel almost gets through to her, but they're interrupted by Buffy and her hoity-toitiness of some kind. 
Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, yeah. We're in for some shit, basically. And anyway, so Buffy goes over to see how Faith is, and she's like, what are we going to do? You know, like, we killed someone, and Faith is just shutting her out. You know, she's like, I don't care. You know, I did what I had to do. I took his body, and I waited it, and I dumped it. So that's what she spent the night doing. She spent the night hiding the body, because of course she would be. You know, no one's ever given her a break in her entire life. She doesn't have faith that someone's going to, haha, she doesn't have faith, that someone's going to help her through this situation. She doesn't think that she can call on anyone. So she takes care of the body herself by herself. And Buffy's reaction is, can you confront this? I just need you to, to confront this. You killed someone. What are we going to do? We need to have some some really deep morality conversations right now. We need to go to Giles. We need to blah, blah, blah. It's like, give the girl a minute. She just killed a human being for the first time. Like, if you don't see through her facade of saying that she doesn't care, then you don't know anything. And we're supposed to see Buffy as an empathetic person. But she's just doing the very bare minimum so that she can say that she reached out to someone, you know? And in these moments, I just like Buffy, the characters, just like her superiority complex and her morality bullshit is just too much for me. And the older I get, the more it bothers me. Again, just the over-the-top black and white morality bullshit, the consequences, which is literally what the next episode is called. Every time a female character does something questionable, there are serious consequences, such as Buffy having sex for the first time. That had serious, season-long consequences. Faith, you know... You know, Buffy having a moment of, like, having some fun and enjoying being a slayer with another fucking slayer. Like, why can't she bond with a woman that isn't, you know, that she's the only other woman in the entire world that they live in that can understand her specific situation? Like, why can't they be friends? Why can't they get, get along? It's just like... At least one Slayer has to be joyless. You know, Kendra was the joyless one with Kendra and Buffy's relationship. You know, they can't both have a good time. They can't boy both enjoy their jobs. It's They're not supposed to enjoy their jobs. It's supposed to be a, a sacred duty that they don't love. And I just, I don't understand that. What is that? I think it's just another patriarchal keeping women in their place bullshit system which knowing now that Joss Whedon is kind of a sexist asshole it falls into place a little bit more um but yeah so the very end of the episode is you know Buffy pretty much yelling at Faith saying no you don't get it you killed a man and Faith says no you don't get it I don't care and that's it. It goes to, you just see like Buffy's like reaction shot to Faith saying that. And then it goes to the credits. 
And I mean, obviously you can tell that when Faith says, I don't care, she's covering. She does care. Obviously she cares, you know? And just Buffy is just so... She has all the fucking empathy in the world for Angel. Somebody that's done way, 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 way worse things than accidentally killing a human being. Like, and her sensitivity, the way that she continues to react to the situation is so not sensitive. It's so heartless. Like, she pretty much just immediately goes to talk to Giles and like, well, Faith's not facing this. This is what happened. Kind of thing. And... I don't know. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're not there yet. So I guess I can put off some more being super frustrated conversations for next week. And next week I will be much more bright eyed and bushy tailed because next week I don't work, um, on Saturday. So I can, my ritual for this podcast and I'm also autistic. So I get very, I get very thrown off when my rituals don't get to be carried out. So I don't often have to work on Saturday, but I do for two of the episodes this month <laughs> that we talk about. But next week I get to be off and the way that I like to record this podcast is hopefully I have the Saturday off because it's always on a Saturday and I get up, I have my breakfast and my coffee and I chill out with some YouTube videos or some Instagram for a little while. And then I go upstairs and I record the podcast and it takes, you know, three to five hours, the normal time that it takes me. But, you know, I have the house to myself and I get to just spend the time just like completely focusing on the podcast and it's nice. But the days that I work, it's just stressful, you know, because I get home and like I've already had a full work day. And, you know, you got to eat dinner and you got to chill out for a little while and hang out and then I can start the podcast, you know? So it's just like, I'm already wiped for my whole day. And today, okay, let's just do a little what's up with Mixtress and then I'll give the ratings and then we will end the podcast. So today was kind of stressful. Let me just vent for a moment. So if you don't know, you probably do. I work at a library. I am a public servant. I've worked at a library for, in September, it will be 15 years. So I always start counting it as whatever the year is when the year starts, even though September won't be. September 9th is when it will be 15 years. So, um, anyway, I get there today. Luckily I did not look at the schedule cause it's on Google drive. I can see who I'm working with at any time if I want to. Luckily, I didn't look before I went in today because <laughs> I was working with my boss and it was set up such that usually there are three people working on a Saturday. When I got there, the person that opened, I didn't, I didn't have to be in until 1215 and I closed. The person that opened was leaving at 1.30 and then it was just me and my boss from 1.30 until 6 when the library closed. And she doesn't work very often on Saturdays and she never works out on the front desk. Like she's basically just back in her office all the time during the week. And every once in a while we'll get so overwhelmed that we have to call her out to help us 
for like five minutes. Literally, maybe she spends 10 or 15 minutes accumulated total at the front desk dealing with the shit that we deal with during our entire shifts every time we're there per week. And then she has one Saturday per month that she works and usually she spends almost the entire Saturday back in her office and it's just another situation. We call her if we need her. She'll come out for like the last half hour that we're working and she'll come out if she has to cover breaks or something like that. But that's only on that one Saturday per month that she works. So luckily I didn't look at the schedule beforehand because I was alone with her from 1.30 until 6 which basically meant she was back in her office and I was working alone. And it was a really busy day. And luckily, even though I'm at PMS Extreme DEFCON 10 today or whatever, I was able to, to keep a cool head, to get everything done. I was multitasking really well. But um, another thing that we do at the library that we've just recently started doing, we've only been doing this like six months or so, is we um, do passports for people. We accept passport applications and it's a process that's like a little bit involved. We have to take someone to a separate office in order to do the paperwork for the passports. And it's a thing that like typically we have to schedule someone for the passport and it takes about 20 minutes per person, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes per person. Um, total, just like taking them back there, going through the paperwork. And then after they leave, you have to assemble all the paperwork and fill out these little transmittal forms. It's, it's paperwork. It takes some time. And on this particular day, being that it was just a boss that only works at the front desk, if, if they're absolutely 100% needed and one other person, you would think that no passports would be scheduled, but she scheduled a passport and she scheduled it for me. And she's, and it was like a family of three, two adults, one, um, teenager. She scheduled me a passport when it was just the two of us. So I had to leave her alone at the desk while I went and did a passport for about 45 minutes because it was three passports. So it took about 45 minutes to do the whole thing. And so, of course, like, I'm kind of nervous because another thing about my boss is that she is, she might be legally blind at this point. She has a degenerative, she has macular degenerative disorder or something that might not be the exact wording, but it's macular degeneration of some kind where it's just like basically her eyes just get worse and worse and there's nothing she can do about it. And it's really sad, but it also means that much of the tasks in her job, she just, she either, I guess nothing is something that she can't do, but it's really difficult for her. She has to have some special equipment that she has only in her office. Um, and the rest of the time she has to use like, um, magnifying glasses and stuff like that. And it just takes her a lot longer to do things. So it makes me nervous to leave her alone on a really busy day because I'm sure it's really frustrating for her. So if I were her, I wouldn't have scheduled a passport for me that was going to take 45 minutes. But anyway, 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 
the whole thing is I was, you know, had a lot of hormones going on in my brain today and I basically had to work alone my whole shift and the added stress of doing a passport for three people, which always makes me nervous because you have to be shut up in a room with however many people in this case, like it's a very small room. There's only four chairs. It stresses me out. I don't, in this particular case, I knew the three people, so it was a little bit easier but sometimes that makes that harder, you know, because then you feel like you have to be, I don't know. It's hard for me to like blend that like sort of customer service professional self with the personal self. So in this particular case, it was like, okay, I know this person. I used to work with her. I, you know, have been to many social events with her. She's come to my house before. Um, and I have to do a passport for her. So I have to blend that professional with the personal. And, you know, it's just a weird line to draw sometimes. Anyway, it was a stressful day. I mean, it was just a regular level of stressful. You know, there was just a lot of shit going on. But I kept my cool. And I, I did a good job today. And oops, sorry, just dropped, just dropped a rock been holding a rock in my hand this whole time. Um, so yeah, that was just my day. <laughs> but then I got to come home and I got to hang out and eat dinner and drink tea and watch RuPaul and then watch Buffy and talk to you guys. So it's all good. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a great week. Um, sorry if this discussion, I feel like I had a lot to say about about the way that this show deals with morality, but I feel like I didn't really say it very eloquently. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to pull my thoughts together a little bit better in the next episode. It's basically part two. I mean, I think of this as a two-parter. I don't know if you're supposed to, but bad girl slash consequences, that feels like a two-parter, really. So in the next episode, we're going to deal with the consequences of face actions. God, barf. So, um, I'll, I'll pretty much be saying all the same things, but hopefully I'll say them more succinctly next week. Let's get into the ratings of the episode. So, um, I always like to pick an object of affection, something from the episode that I'd like to pluck out of 1999 and have for myself for all time. And I've been successful so far. I now have a crocheted pillowcase that I smash my face on every single night and it's glorious. Thanks mom. I also have a minty mug that is almost exactly like Giles's mug. Also, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Other things as well I have um, sort of received. Um, but the featured object in this episode is kind of a weird one. In the very last scene when Buffy first walks into Faith's apartment, you see a boombox with a little pile of tapes next to it. And I am just very curious as a mixtress, what tapes, what little, you know that Faith has made some mixtapes in her life or she has some mixtapes that someone else made for her. Maybe back before she dropped out of school that she still has a sentimental attachment to. I would love to know. I would love to know face cassette tapes, what they are. So that's the featured object. I would like to have Faith's cassette tapes. 
just to look through them. Like, I'd give them back to her. I just want to know. I just want to know what's on. I just want to borrow one. <laughs> um, outfit of the episode, like I said before, is Faith's first outfit in that very first scene uh, where she's wearing the dark denim jacket. She's wearing the leopard pants and the boots. I don't remember what the shirt was. I don't know if you could see it very well with the jacket over it. It was probably just like a black. She also wore a black mesh shirt in the second outfit of the episode. So it might have been that shirt. I don't know. But whatever Faith's first outfit was in which she was wearing the leopard pants. Because I need some leopard pants in my life, goddammit. Oh, that's the other thing. I now have a fuzzy leopard coat, hooded coat. That was also a featured object from the past in a Buffy episode. Um, the quote, like I said before, is Willow's chemistry is easy. It's a lot like witchcraft, only less newt. And then the most valuable player of the episode, I'm going to go with Faith. Because as of all the actions in this particular episode, so far, I don't think Faith has done anything wrong. I know I said that before. Like, yes, she lured Buffy out of class. Yes, she did breaking and entering. But it was all... She lured Buffy out of class to go kill some vampires. That's what... That's literally what they were called to do. She broke into a sporting goods store to steal some weapons to kill some vampires. Literally what they were called to do. She... What else did she do in this episode we're supposed to think is awful? She accidentally killed someone, but it was completely an accident. It sucks. She didn't react fast enough. It's something that she will feel bad about for the rest of her life. And it's awful. And you should feel bad for her. Not, you should not be trying to confront her into feeling bad. You should understand that she does feel bad. So I'm giving it to Faith. I think she is valuable and I think no one is seeing her value. No one around her is seeing her value. And I think that's shitty. Ratings of the episode. Okay, that's going to be hard. Okay, treatment of women in this episode. I really think this episode does not like women. You know, women that have fun are sluts and immoral. And that's what we're seeing in this episode. And that sucks. Um, so how do I want to translate that into a numerical value? <laughs> so I do think it's bad. <sighs> I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. Actual enjoyability of this episode. Like this is a good episode because you get really great moments. You know, you get that moment where... Buffy and Faith are backlit as they're, as they're like storming into that vampire lair and they're both pulling their stakes and they're backlit and it's such a hero shot. And you get that great moment where they're dancing together in the bronze to Curve's Chinese burn. You get that great moment where Faith like does the heart on the window with the fog. You know, there's a lot of great moments in this episode that make it enjoyable. But just the thick miasma of implied patriarchal morality on top of everything is just really sours it, you know? So I'm going to also give it a three. Three by three. 
we're not five by five, we're three by three. What's that? That's nine. This episode gets a nine. So we'll be back next episode where I'm going to do a lot more bitching because my faith, my faith, she's so underserved. She's so misunderstood, you guys. I love her so much. I love her so much. So um, let me know what you guys think about faith. Like, do I have any more? Do I have any faith sympathizers out there? Like, what do you think? Am I just being way too empathetic to her? (laughs) I mean, and I also think about Buffy in this sense. Like, every single time she loosens up a little bit and she has some fun, there are consequences. Buffy's not allowed to have fun. And this is another episode where Buffy isn't allowed to have fun because the second she lets loose a little bit, goes out dancing. I mean, Buffy never goes out dancing. If Buffy dances, it probably means she's being a quote unquote bad girl. You know, like you don't get to see her having fun unless she's doing something wrong. God, hashtag capital W wrong. Anyway, so I hope y'all are having a great week. As I said before, that's how I force myself to wrap things up when I say that for some reason. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I will see you guys next week. We will talk about consequences and we're going to be all right. We're going to survive this. Let's hang in there. Okay. All right. Bye.